Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. There seems to be a lot of relationships in trouble these days, and you may be one of these people in one of these relationships. But you don't want to give up on your partner. You want to try and make it work. And I don't blame you. After all, you did take an oath, and divorce can be quite painful and messy. Tonight on the Dating and Relationship Show, I invited human potential expert and elite mindset coach, Dr. Lise Janelle, to talk about ways to save your relationship. We'll uncover why people have a hard time committing in the first place, why they tend to give up on their relationships too quickly, We'll look at some of the driving factors that lead to conflict in relationships, and we'll help you answer this question. Is your relationship worth saving? And while it's important to strive to make a relationship or marriage work, we understand that sometimes you are past the point of return and things just may not be salvageable. Divorce is a lengthy and expensive process, but now it doesn't have to be. Later on in the show, we're going to talk to Ted and Mary from unmarry.ca, a divorcing service meant to alleviate the stress of divorce by limiting the back and forth between lawyers and reducing costs. Now, that's later on in the show, but for now, we're going to welcome Dr. Lise Janelle to the show. Hi, Dr. Lise. Hello, Loretta. How are you? I'm good. I love that how you call me Loretta. That's, that's like true Italian, Loretta. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's been a while since you've been on the show. Yes, it's a pleasure to be there again. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, and it's a pleasure to have you. So let's continue because, I mean, let's start because we don't have a, a, a lot of time. So what are some of the things uh, from your practice that seem to cause dissatisfaction in a relationship that threatened its life expectancy? Well, the basic common factor is that you have two unhappy people together. One person who's unhappy is a challenge, but when you have two people who are unhappy, uh, for sure, then you, you will not be happy in a relationship. That's, that's something super important for, for people to, to realize, that the aim of a relationship is not to make us happy or miserable, which is what happens often in relationships. The aim of a relationship is to teach us how to love, because when we love we feel happy. So ultimately, yes, a relationship makes us happy, but not because our partner is sacrificing their life to make us happy, but because we're learning about love. And you often see that with parents who have children. They tell you that the most amazing thing they've done in their life was having children. And, you know, the children are not there to make you happy. They're there and you help them grow. And through having children and committing to the relationship with the children, you end up learning how to love and loving makes you happy. So you don't need to have children to experience that, but you can learn the same thing in a romantic relationship. And whatever happened to, you know, till death do us part, do you think that people give up too quickly? And should people try harder to save a relationship or a marriage? What yeah, do you that's, think? That's, that's, that's a really, really good question. When people come to see me and they're in that place, should I stay, should I go? I tell them, as long as you don't know, stay. But the key then is to make sure that, you make yourself happy. What are the things, like often 
if people are having financial problems or they're not happy in their in their career, they start having expectations with their spouse that, that somehow the spouse is not filling in that void. So what I tell my clients all the time is start doing your inner work. Start learning to love who you are. And what's loving yourself? And I usually use my symbol, the yin and the yang, the dark and the light, the, the Tao symbol, you must have seen it. So the dark side represents the female principle of listening and the light side represents the yang, the principle of acting, the male principle of acting. So our heart wants us to know two things. First, our heart wants us to know that we are worthy of love. And and if you don't feel worthy of love, you can be with charming prince or charming princess. You'll never be happy. So you need to let go of the beliefs that are making you feel unworthy of love, number one. Number two, you need to admit your dreams and aspirations. What are the things you've been wanting to do your whole life, but you've been waiting for someone, you know, Santa Claus or some magic hands to come and give to you and start giving it to yourself. So if you start listening to your heart, I want you to know those two things, and then you go into action mode to give these two things to yourself, you're going to start feeling happier. And then you will know, because if your mate is supposed to be your mate, as you keep doing your inner work and you are growing and learning and expanding and you feel happier, if your mate is your mate, they're going to grow with you. And if your mate is not your mate, you're just going to start feeling there's such a disconnect. You'll have your answer. You you will know I have learned how to love with this person because remember, that's why I said it. The aim of a relationship is to teach us how to love, to teach us what love is all about, to teach us what it means to love me in a relationship, what it means to love another person when I'm in a relationship. And once you've learned it, sometimes we're just meant to do a part of the journey with that person. But I agree, we should not give up too easily, too quickly. Often people have of confused infatuation, which is the big high that you get when you meet someone at first. And then after a while, you realize, mm, this is not love. This was a big high. And then you start actually seeing what the, the relationship is all about. But then if you work at it, you can actually transform the big high and the big low into a mixture that forces you to learn how to love. It's the same thing with Again, I, I use this because it's easier for people to understand the difference is that a lot of parents, they are totally infatuated. They can have a baby. The first baby, it's going to be amazing. You know, their love is going to grow. It's going to be amazing. And then the baby is born. That happens to one of my clients, actually. She was so happy throughout the whole pregnancy, glowing. And then she almost died giving birth. So she went from this big high to this extreme low and through working with it, she had to reopen her heart to herself, to her kid, to grow more in love. And no, now they're in love, but she, they had, they didn't quit when the going got tough. They, 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 they worked on themselves because they knew that deep down they loved the child, but the fear that had been created by the situation is what was blocking love from happening. And that's often what happens in relationships: is things happen, and then we we start putting blocks in the way of our mate. Yeah. Now, and it's always a horrible feeling when you recognize that things aren't working in your marriage. And a failing marriage, I mean, is got to be the worst relationship catastrophe that you can imagine. I mean, I've never gone through it, but I've seen many people go through it, and it's very painful. 
And I, you know, a lot of people, they just want to avoid having to go through a divorce and that's understandable. Now, from your perspective, is, is it possible to repair a marriage that has suffered severe damage? And if so, what needs to happen to repair the marriage? It's a very, very good question. And it depends. Like, what I strive to do with my clients is to give them a consciously loving relationship. And a consciously loving relationship is where you have two people who are conscious that they are together to want to learn to love. Because if we're not conscious, the baby part of us, when something happens, we want to punish. And if you're conscious, you go, all right, if I say this right now, if I do this right now, is this going to help us grow in love or is it going to destroy our love? So if you have two people who are conscious and they both decide they want to commit at making it work, it is definitely possible to make it work again, but you need both people to want to work at it. Mm-hmm. And, and one, of the things that, one of the things that I see often is if we feel our partner has done something to us that we haven't done back to them, then we become self-righteous. And as long as you are either self-righteous or self-wrongous, I like that word, self-wrongous. It's a made-up word by my mentor, Dr. Demartini. And um, self-righteous or self-conscious, you're not in your heart. So to be in the heart, we need to be humble, and we need to see how we, we need to see how we participate in the dynamics. And by humbling yourself and going, okay, I part in the dynamic and I want to learn how to love with this person. We have amazing memories together. Maybe we have children. We have things that are solid. We have core values that are similar. It's worth working on. Because as you said, sometimes a, a divorce can be super painful. People imagine, oh, I'm just going to leave this person and everything is going to be mm-hmm. Honky dory, and it's not the reality. No, there are a lot of challenges. I I agree. The grass is not greener on the other side. Yeah, and it it really isn't. And so, and and I think too, you you have to think about what made you both fall in love with one another in the first place. Mm. What you adored about that person, and what made you want to be with them. And also, when couples stop sharing things with each other and expressing themselves, they weaken their connection, which weakens their relationship. This is why it's important, too, to have conversations again and to really start to communicate with one another. So listen to what your spouse is telling you and then ask the same from them. So listen to your partner. Try to understand what they need. Um, I'm sure you agree with that as well, Dr. Lee Chanel. And also maybe how about this, like finding a way to connect again, like planning a trip that's maybe just the two of you, maybe committing to spending even a few minutes together every night chatting, you know, just making yourselves a priority again. But yep. again, like that. Night. Yes, totally agree. It's important to, to remember why we got connected. And something quickly that's important is the thing we often infatuated with, the thing we fell in love with, we need to remember that. But sometimes if we fell in love because someone was super successful, then we find the other side, which is then they're too busy for us. And then we have to find within ourselves the happiness again and we commit to something bigger than what was there at first. We need to take a break. When we come back, we're going to uncover the subconscious blocks that may be stopping you from truly connecting with your partner, with Dr. Lee Chanel. We'll be right back.
Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You're tuned in to Global News Radio, 640 Toronto, the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta. Joining me in the studio tonight is human potential expert and elite mindset coach, Dr. Lise Janelle. We're talking about ways to save your relationship and removing subconscious blocks that stop you from truly connecting with your partner. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Lise. Thank you, Loretta. <laughs> now, there are those that vow themselves in marriage, but in the grand scheme of things, they cannot truly commit. And I know from my own research and from talking to people like you on the show that this behavior stems from our upbringing. The way our parents reacted or did not react gave us our sense of worth. And these beliefs were then reinforced by how people treated you and spill over into our relationships where these subconscious blocks stop you from truly connecting with your partner. How can the painful memories built up over the years and from past relationships be holding us back from getting passion and love in our life that we've been searching for? Oh, that, that is such a good uh, question. Imagine this, relatively speaking, your conscious mind that wants to be in love, that wants to be in a loving relationship is the size of a football and your subconscious mind in charge of your survival to keep you alive, the football field. Mm-hmm. So when your subconscious mind has associated more danger than safety, more pain than pleasure to something you want consciously, it won't let you have it. So you're not going to be able to commit. You're not going to be able to, to do it like 100%. You're always going to hold yourself back. And you, you might think, oh, I'm 100% committed, but you will have picked the person that you know deep down they're not committed. So you can be totally, quote, quote, safe because you're going to be open and experience what it's like to have an open heart, but it's not going to lead to anything because subconsciously it would be too scary for you to actually tie up the knot. Like last week I had one of my clients, it was so cool, who discovered this. She realized she was having a hard time committing to her partner because when she was a kid, her mom, she loved her mom and her dad, you know, with all her heart. But that meant that subconsciously for her, when I love my mom and my dad and they ask me to do things I don't like, like I have to do my homework, I have to do my bed, I have to clean my teeth, even though that's not what I want to be doing right now. She had associated being in a relationship and loving someone with all her heart with losing her freedom. And the number of people who have had this association where they believe deep down that if I'm in a relationship, I'm going to lose myself and I won't be able to do the things I want to be doing anymore. And therefore, they, you know, they won't commit or they'll pick the perfect partner to make them feel like, oh, okay, I'm going to be safe because this person is not going to commit to me eventually. So it's super important to work on the subconscious beliefs. I created a method called the heart freedom method. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's, I love it. It's, uh, it uses the power of the mind-body work with the power of gratitude because to heal the heart, you need to have gratitude for even the most challenging events of your life. When, when as a child, you know things happen to you, maybe like something super traumatic that happens to to kids, and we don't notice as parents is having a sibling born, you know, 
<laughs> it sounds like what? But often the, the older sibling ends up feeling abandoned and betrayed. So it's now they end up in now for attention, right? Yeah. Competing exactly. for attention. Exactly. They feel abandoned. So now as an adult, they are afraid of opening themselves up because I loved so much and all of a sudden I got betrayed. So by doing the mind-body work, we can find the moment when the belief got stored, which was, you know, I've been betrayed. And instead, I build a big picture of bringing gratitude. Yes, this happened, but look, now your parents are, are dead and you still have your sibling in your life. What would your life be like without your sibling? Like, we have to find the big picture, the big reason, the yin and the yang, the light that comes from the darkness, and it's always equal numbers. So the way to heal the heart, the fastest, is to find the subconscious belief and then to bring gratitude into the event. And when you do this, now you're free. You can move forward, and you can become grateful for even the most challenging events of your life because the yin and the yang, the light and the dark are always equal and opposite. So what are the tools that you do use in your program that can help people overcome these unconscious mind blocks? Um, is it hypnotherapy that you use? Like, do you hypnotize people? Like, what sort of tools do you use? Well, in my Soul Worthy Love program, I use the Heart Freedom Method, so I teach it to my clients, and it's an amazing tool. I have a, a couple, you know, I love I love people, but on average, men have a harder time doing this kind of work, but, like, imagine this big, burly guy, an IT guy, and he's, like, a real guy's guy, and he's able to do this, and he loves it, and he says, you know, I don't understand how people can actually be in a relationship without using this tool. It's so empowering when you know that what's happening in your relationship, what the thing that's pushing your button, the thing that's creating kind of a, a distance in the relationship, if you actually use the, the methods like the heart freedom method, it allows you to heal a story from your past, find more love for each other and grow more in love afterwards. I had one couple come to see me. They were from Australia and they went, came to a wedding here and the photographer told them to come and see me. And I spent an hour with them and the woman was on the brinks of leaving her husband. But after an hour and discovering the reason why she was feeling hurt and like she wanted to leave had nothing to do with him, but actually her stories from her past that were popping up and, and, and shutting down her heart. Well, our past really comes uh, back to haunt us, doesn't it? So what are some things that people can start working on right now at home? Let's just say they're not interested in coming to see you, because some people may not be. So what are some things they can do at home? Well, some of the things, if you're in a committed relationship and things are not working well, I highly recommend you make a list of all the things your partner is doing or not doing and write the solution to their problem. Like if they only did these things. What, you know, what would benefit to everybody if they did that? So you write the problem of their partner, the solution, and then you figure out where do I have the same problem and how can I use this solution? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an, I call this the extreme freedom process. I call it extreme because you have to eat humble pie. <laughs> you have to swallow your pride a little bit and the thing you think you think your partner is not doing, if you start looking in which area of my life, because your partner might be doing it in finances, but maybe you're doing it with your career. 
Maybe they're doing it with their health and maybe you're doing it with your family. So when we open our consciousness and see the big picture and we humble ourselves and we are humble where it can be in our heart and we can be more loving. As soon as we are self-righteous, we shut down the love channel. If we are self-righteous, the same thing happens as well. So humbling yourself and starting to take action, starting, you know, it's Gandhi that said, uh, be the change you want in the world. Well, starting to do the things we want a mate to start doing is a way of empowering yourself and impacting the relationship. And it, it takes the annoyance out of the way. And as you mentioned before, communication is super important. And, and having the courage to admit, you know, these things, they're not working for me. And I'm going to do my inner work, but I'm also going to talk with my partner and it demands that you believe that you're worthy of love and, you know, being respectful and presenting it in, the, in a respectful manner and to show your partner, I'm saying these things not because I want to leave you, but because I want us to grow more in love. Because mm. the, two, the two reasons people fight in relationship, one is they're afraid they'll never be loved the way they want to be loved. And the other part is they're, they're afraid of being abandoned. So often when one person is afraid they're not going to be loved the way they want to be loved, they start articulating what they would love. But then their partner who's afraid of being abandoned, if they admit to what they're being said to them, they go, oh, my goodness, if I admit this is true, then why would they stay with me? They're going to abandon me. So now we end up with two dialogues instead two monologues instead of a dialogue. It's important to communicate in a relationship, to, to, to do it from a place of love where we say, okay, how about we work at this together? And, and it's important. You're right. Communication is, is the key. It's the number one thing in a relationship. And when communication is broken and you've tried to talk things out face-to-face, maybe you've tried putting your feelings into writing you've tried couples therapy, or perhaps your partner isn't willing to do the work, you've tried everything. But no matter what you do, you just can't seem to hear each other out, then this may be uh, an indication that your relationship is not salvageable. So let's talk about a few more things. When do we know that it's time to let go? Let's talk more about that. Yes. It's time to let go when you don't have super anger when you're not super resentful, when you check inside and it's actually really, you know, it feels done. It's not emotional. You just know that you know. So and you're you no know longer that, attracted to them. Yeah, the attraction is not only is not that because the attraction is something you can actually rekindle when you open the heart. If you, often people, if they're coming from fear, there's only two ways of being in a relationship, either from our fears or from our heart. And sometimes when we go into our fears, we shut down our heart and now we cannot feel attraction. So it's more about you just know that you know because it, there's nothing that you're learning about love anymore. You tried, you did your best. Like right now, I have one of my clients. I love her. She's courageous. She did not know whether to stay or to go. She she did her inner work. And her husband did not shift at all. And actually, it became really clear that he was not her mate anymore. Like, at first, they were cool because they were both learning how to love. But now she realizes he's more of a child. He doesn't love her. He's not there for her. But he needs her to nurture him. And but it he became was probably really- always that same person. But then she yeah. did the work. She changed, and he didn't. Yeah. Right? 
Exactly. And that's when you, we don't have to try to control the outcome. When we do our inner work and, and the partner does not shift with us, then we have our answer and not, then it's time to go because staying too long is not any better than quitting too early. And, and maybe when the relationship makes you feel bad about yourself, if you're constantly questioning yourself, wondering if you're doing everything wrong all the time, feeling confused and doubting your own intentions, it, that could be a sign that you've lost yourself to your relationship and it's time to go. I fully agree. And that often happens if you're in a relationship with a narcissistic person. That will undermine your self-worth and you will end up believing them until one day where you wake up and you go, "Uh, this person doesn't make me feel good. My other friends make me feel good. Why am I staying? Now it's like this is a big aha moment at that moment. Dr. Lise, uh, it's time to go, but I always love having uh, conversations with you. Where can people find you and learn more about your amazing programs to help relationships? Uh, thank you. Um, yes, you can find me online at drleesjanelle.com or Center for Heart Living. And you can look under the relationship. I have um, the Soul Worthy Love Program, and I have it for it. I will suit any budget. Like I have one that's all online with group coaching, and I have some that is one-on-one included in it. It's very um, holistic. It really helps people discover who they are, what love is all about, so they can grow consciously and have real fulfillment, the fulfillment that comes with living from the heart. Thank you so much. When we come back, we're going to talk to a couple who's improving access to justice for Ontarians by making separation and divorce cheaper and easier. Don't go anywhere. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. And we're back. You're listening to Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. This is the Dating and Relationship Show. Now, due to COVID-19, numbers have shown that there has been an increase in the number of couples struggling with their relationships and marriages. Divorce has been on the rise since the start of the year, which has just added stress and cost to many couples. If you or someone you know has tried to reconcile and fix a relationship, but at this point, divorce is the only option, you need to listen to what my next guests have to say. Here to talk about divorcing amicably on a budget is Keith Riddell and Irene Papa Constantinos from unmarry.ca. Their mission statement is to improve access to justice for Ontarians by making separation and divorce cheaper and easier. Welcome to the show, you two. Oh, thanks, Laura. Thanks for having us. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having us. Of course. I mean, I, I heard about the service. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Now, I've never been through a divorce myself, and I, I know I don't know all the details regarding the process, but I do have a basic knowledge. Can you guys go through the basic process of how your service works exactly? Okay. So, you know, the best way to explain our service is to kind of draw in a, a comparison to, you know, what would traditionally happen. So let's say... You have a traditional couple, and they've decided to separate. And, you know, what is the first thing they do? They think about each finding their own lawyer, which is, you know, what usually happens. Mm-hmm. And these lawyers then represent each client individually. They will help them get their financial statements completed. They will, you know, get the basic information about where they stand on particular issues, uh, you know, correspond with other lawyer, and then, you know, hopefully through you know, many, many letters and many, many meetings um, hopefully reach after, 
you know, some months or even years at times, um, an agreement, which we call a separation agreement, uh, dealing with their property issues, support and parenting. So, I mean, that's the typical way that it's done. And, and you know, that's actually a, a pretty decent way compared to the litigation model, which generally speaking, if that fails, so for the, the unfortunate few where, where that process falls apart, you know, one of the parties will typically start a court process to get a court order dividing their property and addressing parenting and those issues. And that usually takes years. So basically what Unmarry does in contrast, is it takes a lot of the things that lawyers or their clerks or their assistants would normally do, and it automates those things. So, for instance, you know, in a normal situation, you'd have your retainer agreements and you'd have intake forms and meetings discussing, you know, what issues are outstanding, what issues are resolved, where the clients are at. And what we've done is we've uh, completed a questionnaire that uh, the people on unmarried can take. And generally speaking, this questionnaire takes about one to three hours, I think, depending on, you know, how many outstanding issues they have. And, you know, the great thing is during this time, as they're doing the questionnaire, the one thing missing is the other person that's billing their time. So, you know, you're not talking to a lawyer, you're not talking to a clerk, you're spending your own time doing it. And, when you're complete after the one to three hours, you have your draft separation agreement, which you know all parties really need. You have your draft financial statement for both parties, and you actually have all the documents you need to uh, get your divorce eventually when you need that. You have to file in court. So basically by getting the clients to do a little bit of the work themselves, they save a lot of money and time. Interesting. Now, is there still support for those that need need the support? Because I know if if you had me as a client, I'd be a nightmare. I mean, I, it's so, <laughs> I, I have so many questions, right? And like, you know, as soon as this question come up, comes up, I want to talk to the lawyer. I mean, is there support for people like me <laughs> that would well, have and, a lot and of a questions? Great question. That's a great question because within the document A, there's just some legal information to help people answer those questions. However, within uh, the allocated budget of twenty five hundred dollars, um, there's three there's three hours of uh, sorry four hours of mediation time. So let's say for sake of argument, you spend the time going through the document, and you have two outstanding issues. I can't figure out spouse support, or I have questions about this. You can then book time with your mediator, who are all family law lawyers, by the way. And they can take time to go through and help you, you know, figure out what the parties might need in that circumstance. So it comes with four hours of time. But if you can't get it done in that allocated time, then you can always buy more time as well. Now, what if one party is being difficult and takes up all the mediation time? What happens then? Well, generally speaking, you know, the mediator has a bit of control over the situation because, you know, you can't really have a fair mediation unless you hear what both parties have to say. So, you know, there could be a mediator could reach out and say, you know, I haven't heard from you yet. Uh, You know, let's schedule a meeting and, and talk about some of these issues. So, you know, typically you won't be able to, I guess, monopolize all the time because, you know, quite honestly, in four hours, you can't, uh, 
uh, you know, assess someone's uh, mediation position or whatever they're thinking or doing if you don't speak to them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that divorce can be very expensive. I mean, most lawyers require a retainer. And like you mentioned, right, and then the costs just pile on from there, unnecessary costs. Do you have any stats maybe on the average cost of divorce in Canada? Um, yeah, Laura, I can, I can take that one. So I would say that most of the divorces that we've seen either in research or just speaking with colleagues, you know, each person can run up a $10,000 bill in an uncontested divorce pretty easily. Uh, so before you know it, uh, together you're at twenty grand, and God forbid that goes to litigation. That could right. run way past that. In fact, I've seen horror stories where it gets into six figures. It, it, uh, it yeah, I know huge. someone who spent a hundred and fifty thousand dollars on their divorce because they couldn't come out come up with an agreement, and it was nasty. <laughs> so absolutely. We are discussing divorcing on a budget right here on the Dating and Relationship Show. Don't go anywhere. We have lots more to that. We are discussing divorcing on a budget right here on the Dating and Relationship Show. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta. From singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It's Sunday night. You're tuned in to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Joining me tonight are Keith Riddell and Irene Papa Constantinos. They have a service called unmarried.ca and it's improving access to justice for Ontarians by making separation and divorce cheaper and easier. Welcome back to the show, guys. Now, now, I know that um, divorce can be very expensive, and as we talked about, you know, lawyers require a retainer, and then a lot of the costs just pile up from there, unnecessary costs too. Now, do you have any stats on the average cost of divorce in Canada? Sure. Um, I can talk from my own experience and then also some information that we've got uh, from doing our own research. So four years ago, I went through my own divorce, and uh, at the time, I was working for a large Bay Street law firm, so I thought I had the inside edge in terms of finding you know, a, a good lawyer at a reasonable price. And uh, I was really shocked to find out that when I rolled into my first uh, divorce lawyer's office, right, right off the bat, he said, okay, I'm going to need a $10,000 retainer from you, mm-hmm. and it's $650 an hour thereafter, and if my clerk does work for you, that's at $400 an hour. So I, I literally fell on the floor. So what we found out later through our research, and uh, Irene is a family law lawyer, so she's well experienced with this herself, that on average, it's not hard for each person to have to pay upwards of $10,000 for an uncontested divorce. So if you put those numbers together, you're looking at twenty grand just to get out of a marriage and get on with the rest of your life. And that's on the low end, Keith. That's on the low end. I've seen people spend up to $150,000 on their divorce. Oh, yeah. We haven't even talked about litigation. That's just that people are behaving themselves reasonably well. Mm -hmm. If it gets into court, forget about it. This could get into the six figures, just like you said. Yeah. Um, So what does your service cost? Okay, so our starting point is twenty four ninety nine per couple. So right off the bat, that's almost a tenth Sounds of what. Sounds reasonable to me. Yeah. So 
there's a couple of things that enable us to do it. So just because we're cheaper doesn't mean that we're inferior and we're not trying to sell second rate legal services. Okay. So we're a mediation service, but we're using lawyers uh, to lead our mediation. And what we've done is me as a, a process improvement guy, we really looked at the process that people go through when they got divorced and really asked ourselves basic questions like, is this step necessary? Does it need to be a lawyer that does it? Is there technology that could be used to automate this process and make it faster and cheaper? So when we really drew this thing out and we figured out, okay, where can we make improvements? There were a bunch of areas that were able to uh, really streamline the process and make it more cost effective while at the same time still ensuring that people were getting top quality um, advice where they needed it. So Irene spoke earlier about how we've automated uh, document drafting. That's a huge thing because when, especially from my experience, when that lawyer was telling me at 650 an hour, uh, he'd be drafting the, the agreement um, in this process uh, included in your 2499 is access to our document drafting tool. <clears throat> Pardon me. So what that means is after you've spent about an hour to a couple hours entering your information, you press submit on the button. It mm -hmm. generates all the documents you're going to need. Beautiful. It's a huge time saver. Very smart. Love this business model. Can I be your partner? <laughs> <laughs> you're not the first person that's asked. What a great idea. Um, now, you provide a self-assessment so people can see if they're eligible for your services. What makes someone eligible and someone not? Basically, who's this service most suitable for? Great question. Okay, so divorce is something that's governed by provincial law. So right now we're just in Ontario. So we need folks that are participating in this to be residents of Ontario. Um, as we spoke about earlier, this is not a full service law firm. We're a mediation service online. So people that are expecting to hand their case over to the lawyers and let them deal with it completely and not be part of it, this service is not for them. Uh, they are going to have to spend a little bit of time entering information into the system and then having some back and forth in a collaboration with uh, their ex. So somebody that's prepared to participate a bit in this will suit them. And then finally, anybody that's hell-bent on litigation that just wants to get their pound of flesh out of the, their ex, this isn't going to work. This is a mediation, and we're trying to be collaborative in the way that we're working. So if you're hell-bent on litigation, uh, this is not for you. And I noticed that you offer COVID-19 financial support. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, this is really important for us because, you know, you mentioned our mission statement earlier where we're, access to justice um, is a cornerstone of what we're doing. We know that there's a ton of people right now that are hurting on the back of job loss or whatever other uh, financial um, you know, mishap that they, they may have suffered. And divorce, even our service, um, is expensive for somebody that's really you know, living hand to mouth. So what we've done is we've offered uh, a pro bono service for folks that are struggling on the back of COVID-19 financially. And through our website at unmarry.ca, uh, there's a tab on the front page that you can make an application. And if you meet certain criteria, um, we'll take your application and we'll put it in a lottery with uh, other applications that we've been getting. A lottery? Yeah. Um, you know, this has been pretty popular, as you can imagine, right? A, we're cheaper anyways, and then B, when we're offering our service for free for those in need, um, you know, there's been a high demand for that. 
So what we do is we evaluate the cases as they come in. And then for folks that we believe are, you know, really qualified for it, even then there's a lot of them. So we just have to use a bit of a lottery system to say, okay, here are the folks that we can help uh, for free. Interesting. Now, you mentioned on your website that you offer faster resolutions. How long does a traditional route of divorce take in comparison to your service? Well, I can speak on this issue because, you know, as Keith mentioned, I am a family law lawyer. So, you know, in a traditional uh, model where you have two lawyers on each, or a lawyer on each side of the fence, and people, I mean, when I'm saying really well-behaved, I mean, people who are, you know, really want to get a fast resolution, and there isn't too much back and forth, so to speak, with the lawyers. There's no, obviously, no litigation, but just out-of-court settlement. The fastest time frame, I'd say, is you know, three to five months. I mean, if you're, if you're done in three months, you've hit that in record time, to be honest, because the process, you know, by the time you onboard a client and, you know, you, you meet with them, you set up their retainer agreements, they bring you the retainer. There's a bunch of processes that need to happen and letters get written back and forth. And sometimes you don't hear back from, you know, a busy lawyer for two or three weeks and they got to send you a letter back. And then, you know, that letter gets reviewed by your client and then you got to, you know, send a response and that gets reviewed by the client. It's a very time consuming, onerous process. Mm -hmm. So it just takes a lot longer than this process, because in this process, and again, with any mediation process, but particularly this one, clients can get online, not make an appointment and draft their documents at whatever time they want. I mean, you can go on at 2 a.m. if you can't sleep. I mean, we onboarded a client on Friday last week, and they had, uh, by Tuesday, by this morning, their draft documents all done. So in terms of timeframes, having people in control of when they're doing stuff really is a big benefit because they can get it done as quickly as they want to. Um, It's really on their timeframe, not someone else's. Well, what a great way of getting a divorce on a budget. Thank you guys for joining me today, Keith and uh, Irene. Where can people learn more about your great service? Well, you know what? It's an easy-to-remember name, so unmarried.ca. Go and check it out. It's got all the information there specifically about the the COVID-19 support. And with the same unmarried.ca, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Amazing. And you can find me at official Laura Bellotta on Instagram. You can follow the show, the Dating and Relationship Show on Instagram as well and on Facebook. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in each and every week. Have a great week. Ciao for now. 